semi dead, bored, been there, done that, anything. Oh, the wake up bomb. It's Nescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo library with a few pit stops along the way. We play them briefly, we judge them harshly, we rank them. That is pretty much all you need to know. I am Steampunk Link. I'm Emmy Zero. We got some games today. Yeah, we, 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 we got played, some games. We played these games and um, we've got a wild one. We've got like perhaps the most bizarre game I think we've we've looked at on this show. So yeah, <laughs> I think maybe so. A real surprise. Um, and for me, a pretty good one. Uh, we'll see how it goes when we talk about it. But uh, yeah, we got we got some fun, uh, some fun stuff to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, three, three games still in September 93. And uh, yeah, folks, uh, the games are good. The games are are varying degrees of uh, of, I think, pretty good today. I, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little less um, hot on some of these, uh, I think, than yeah. you are today. But that's OK. Well, yeah, you know. Uh, we'll have a discussion. It'll be good. So, um, so what do we got today? What do we okay. Got? Well, well, today we have got Super Off Road, the Baja. We've got Super Bomberman, and we've got Rocky Rodent. Nothing super about him. Nope. <laughs> uh, he's a nasty little freak, and we are gonna put him through his paces. I just, I just thought of something. They, so, they call him Rocky Rodent. Do we know what kind of rodent specifically he is supposed to be? No, we don't. I can't figure it out. He looks to me like if you put uh, like the head of like the honeycomb mascot <laughs> on like a, a generic Hanna-Barbera character. Okay. He's weird looking and I don't know what kind of rodent he's supposed to be. Um, he's ugly, but in a way I kind of like, I, I was kind of thinking like, like a, he's a shorter five nights at Freddy's character that they made ugly on purpose for some reason. I can kind of see that. Yeah. He's got those, he's got big bulging eyes. Uh, that's where I got kind of the honeycomb yeah. guy from, but, uh, yeah, like he's he's something for sure. No, I it, I, I have to admit, uh, he does not look like a character design I would expect to come out of Japan in this year. Yeah, I you was know? really kind of thinking like, is is this is this based on some kind of um, Euro game? Because this kind of what it seems like. But no, no, this was kind of. But no, it's it's a hundred percent. You know. Uh, Japanese game. Uh, apparently, the name was decided on. I guess we're just talking about Rocky. Yeah, Road I guess now. you know what? Let's let's cue the music. Let's get into it. So yeah, uh, it's an Irem game, and if you look in the credits, uh, apparently the name of the game was uh, was was decided on by people who wrote in to a Japanese magazine. Uh, so there are contest winners listed in the, uh, the, the end uh, credits of the game who, who I guess came up with the name. So, well, cause this game has a very different name in Japan. Do you know what it is? No. What is it? It is nitro punk might heads. Okay. <laughs> you know, that works just as well, I think, honestly. I think they should have left it that. They <laughs> should have gone with that. Yeah, uh, that would have been a little more distinctive maybe than Rocky Rodent. Uh, but uh, do you have any other info about the, you know, production history for this game? Not necessarily a deep dive or anything, but just like kind of a, a background. Here. Um, all I've really got for this one, because I mean, we've talked about IREM before. Um, all I've really yeah. got is that this was designed by Ego Kasahara. 
and uh, he seems to still be pretty active in games development today. He would go on to work on a lot of Sega projects like Shenmue yeah. and, uh, appropriately, Sonic the Hedgehog, which includes credits mm-hmm. on Sonic Origins and a whole lot of Mario and Sonic at the Olympics games games. Interesting. I have one additional note as well yeah, um, for the production, because uh, this, I think, maybe explains a little bit of of the weirdness here, actually, is the combination uh, of of people who worked on this. The two producers uh, are Kozo Okada, who, um, you know, I think is is, uh, you know, somebody who uh, only worked on a few other Iron games, as far as I can tell. Uh, the other producer, though, is Motoyuki uh, Yoshioka, who has a long history, it looks like, as a collaborator of Hideo Kojima uh, and who worked on most of the Metal Gear Solid games and the Zone of the Enders games. Mm. So uh, we have an interesting combination here of like people who would go on to work on Sonic games, people who were kind of just in the trenches working on these Iron games, and a guy who would go on to to work on some like very, uh, very cinematic games. And I think you can see a bit of that here as well. Surprisingly, there's a very strong uh, storytelling aspect to Rocky Rodent, where it really clearly maps out what all is happening in like the timeline of this game and like what the the character is like thinking and feeling as the game goes along. This is like so wild. I could have almost seen like Ralph Bakshi playing this game and thinking, I'm going to make a movie out of this. Yeah, (laughs) right. It does feel like that. So what is, what is Rocky Rodent? It's a side scrolling action platformer, very much in the kind of Sonic mode, uh, mascot with attitude where you're playing as Rocky Rodent. Uh, and he is, uh, just a little dirt bag. He's a guy who uh, Dine and he, he introduces himself to the game's main villain as uh, the the, uh, the famous renowned Dine, famous Dine and Dasher, yes. Rocky Rodent. <laughs> and uh, he is essentially paid by the uh, the owner of the Rose Restaurant. Uh, to rescue the owner's daughter from the mafia. From the mafia. She was kidnapped. From the mafia. Yeah, she was kidnapped by the mafia because uh, I guess he wasn't paying up the protection money. I also yeah. saw Rocky Roden might have accidentally eaten the envelope yeah. of money. <laughs> no, so so this is in the instruction manual for okay. the game, actually, which I read. Rocky ate the guy's mail. Uh, which included the bill from the mafia for protection wait, wait, money. The bill, the bill from the, the mafia, not, not like yeah. a threatening letter no, asking not, not for like it. A, no, it was like the mafia sent him a bill for the protection money <laughs> and Rocky ate the bill. So the guy just didn't know he, he needed to pay his protection money that month. Uh, so this is definitely Rocky's fault. Um, but Rocky, if he gets, if he gets Melody, the daughter back, will get paid in uh, what else? All you can eat food at the restaurant. Right. So, it, it, now, so he goes there, off. Would, would you say that maybe there's like uh, uh, an undercurrent of leftist politics in this game where like oh, we're sort I of mean, talking can... about the, the, the bourgeois who want to cast aside the underclasses until they need something dangerous done. And then suddenly they, they, they want to, you know, 
lure them in with promises of, of riches and free food and, and all this other th- I stuff? Mean, uh, I mean, I can definitely see it that way. I think the uh, the, the um, reading of that is maybe undercut a little bit by the fact that uh, Rocky seems like a little piece of garbage who's happy to just not. Maybe he could pay. He just doesn't want to. Uh, I, I want to. I, you know. I wish we had gotten a sequel to this where, where Rocky Roden starts an anarchist collective to, yeah. to fight back. And, and, and the, the, the guy's daughter, Melody, joins him because, you know, yeah. she's. She's mad at daddy for for, you know, like basically, I guess, putting her up as collateral for all that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it seems like, isn't it? I mean, what, one thing that's interesting is this game does actually set up for a sequel pretty well because you do fight through all the the whole city, basically, and a bunch of guys that look like rip off like Chuck E. Cheese mascots <laughs> uh, to rescue Melody. And then at the end, uh, the last boss is this like bulldog with a machine gun who's like the mafia boss's chief lieutenant. And then you meet the mafia boss and he's like, all right, I'll give her back. Uh, your name's Rocky Rodent. I keep an eye on you. You may be uh, you may be be good material for one of my lieutenants in the future. Uh, And that's the end of the game is is uh, you don't actually fight the mafia guy. He just gives up and uh, says he's going to keep an eye on you. So this is like very much set up for a sequel. So who who owns this IP right now? Somebody make that's a good question. Somebody make the dark gritty sequel to this. Yeah. Yeah. I want more Rocky Rodent uh, and I want it to really get dig into these themes. Uh, Oh, there's also a a big detour in the middle of the game where Rocky hears that there's a giant egg at the top of a uh, like an Eiffel Tower like structure that he wants to eat. So he goes up to the top of the tower to get it. Uh, A bird hatches out of the egg before you can eat the egg. And then the bird is just your friend for the rest of the game. It's like a permanent gameplay upgrade halfway through, which is kind of cool. It like attacks enemies for you and like you know, is like a little part of the gameplay. So uh, there's, yeah, so Rocky's not that committed to this mission, but he is committed enough that he, uh, he, he does resume it after the bird thing. Doesn't really pan out for him, so. So, so yeah, um, weird game, uh, really weird aesthetic, uh, very much kind of like if you reimagine Sonic the Hedgehog as like maybe like a Ren and Stimpy type character. I think that's sort of where we've ended up with with Rocky here. Yeah. And uh, he runs fast. He I think the speed element of this is actually a lot more restrained than in a lot of these games, because the other big component of Rocky is that he has different hairstyles and the hairstyles are power ups. The main one that is sort of like the the default one is this kind of big spike of hair that you can use to impale enemies and throw them at other enemies with. Uh, There is also a mohawk, which is like a big guy, like axe blade sticking out of his head that you can throw at enemies and also stick into the wall to bounce off of uh, to get to higher places. Uh, Later on in the game, you get a uh, a cute girlish braid, 
that you can use as kind of a whip and to swing along uh, hooks. So there ends up being a little bit of kind of like a bionic commando thing going on in the later stages. And uh, then the bird, which uh, technically the bird's nest is like another hairstyle. But uh, I think that's really only a thing in like a cutscene for a couple of minutes. And then the bird is just sort of with you for the rest of the game. And you switch back and forth between these over the course of the game to, to get through different areas. Uh, the um, uh, kind of way that hits work in this game is that if you get hit while you have the hairstyle, it's sort of like Mario losing a power up. He goes back to just like a gross bald Rocky rodent. And then if you get hit again, you die. But there are um, hair power ups littered throughout the stages. So uh, ideally, you're never going up more than a couple of of you know, minutes without, without being able to get that back. Yeah. But so I, I would say though, that this is where like the game kind of didn't work for me is at least you yeah. know, not at first, because while there are a lot of those power ups scattered throughout the level, most of them do not respawn. Only ones that you find yeah. in golden trash cans do. And mm -hmm. these power ups I feel were much more integral to completing a level than a lot of Mario's power-ups tend yeah, to be. Yeah, I mean, they are like the default state of the character. Like, they, you need them to get through a lot of the level, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it can be, a, like, a problem if you're if you're suddenly without that. Um, the game, I think, overall does an okay job of making sure there's a, a golden trash can available somewhere in the reachable area, but there can be, like, some backtracking involved in that, and that's often not great. So. Yeah. I mean, in the uh, first level, I, the only golden trash can, it comes like pretty much at the beginning of the stage. So, right, yeah. you know, if, if you find yourself, um, you know, in a situation where you don't have the power yeah. up and you need it to explore more of the level, you may end up having to go back to the beginning just to get it back. And I mean, yeah. well, the game never left me in a state where like it was literally unwinnable and I had to like reset the game to get out of it. Um, it, mm -hmm. It's still pretty annoying to have to go all the that way is, back, no, especially in a game so focused on speed and getting through levels as fast as you can. Yeah, I mean, I would say I don't know how focused on speed it actually is. Like, I think that the the benefits of getting through the level fast are kind of minimal. So I think if you need to take your time with it, because the levels are long and kind of uh, a bit a bit of sort of, uh, you know, you know, they're they're a little bit labyrinthine. Uh, you know, the game is not going to really punish you for that, but it definitely can be annoying. Um, the stages also have a lot of uh, have have at least a couple of checkpoints per stage. And if you die and respawn at a checkpoint, generally the uh, well, no, not generally, always the uh, uh, hair power ups in the area respawn to. So, yeah. That's another thing that's good. But yeah, I definitely see what you mean that uh, I think especially weirdly in that first level, this is a bigger problem than it is as the game goes on, um, yeah. because it, it, you know, tends to get a little more, uh, you know, the 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 forward motion of the stages later on is is a little more intense. And that I think actually helps in some ways. Yeah, I, I got to a level in which you're in uh, the apartment building where Melody lives, I guess, trying to find clues, even though, I mean, like, you know what happened to her. She yeah, you know kidnapped. what happened. So, uh, but yeah, but yeah, that level seemed much more linear. And even though like it, it sort of like yeah. you know loops around and comes back on itself in different ways, like it it's was in still, a pretty clear path. Right. Yeah. Yes. The, the, the first stage wasn't. I think maybe the, like, the first stage has a bit of an identity crisis because it is sort yeah. of torn between like, Hey, this is the kind of game where you're supposed to speed through it. But also this is a very, you know, 
this this is a, a stage that has a lot of areas off the beaten path that you can kind of explore that aren't conducive right, yeah. to that whole, hey, get to the end as fast as you can and yeah, see how yeah. good a rank you get. Um, right. So, yeah, I think maybe those two elements are at odds with each other in that first stage that, that kind of fixes itself after that a little bit. I yeah. do think the second stage is freaking awesome. I loved this concept yeah. of... So, Rocky is running... He is running um, towards traffic, basically, jumping over cars that are going slower than him because he fast, like Sanic, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, jumping over them, defeating enemies, bouncing off of uh, uh, of, of car trunk doors. Yep. Um, all sorts of things. I loved this idea, and I, I kind of wish that, like, more of these games that are about speed would implement this sort of thing, where uh-huh. the entire level like elements of the level are also speeding along so it mm-hmm. in a sense like kind of keeps up with the character speed to some extent so you yeah. still feel like you're moving you're progressing to the right but everything else is moving along with you you still have that mm-hmm. sense of speed but you're also not like stopping on a dime constantly because the entire stage is in motion. It was a really cool idea. I don't know how mm-hmm. often they go back to that, if they go back to that. Oh, they don't go back to that. Ugh. That's a one-off thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have done so, that again. Which, I, I thought it was a really which, cool which, idea. Yeah, which actually, this game has... Um, one thing that is cool about the, uh, cool about this game that, that I liked is it will um, basically have you know a gimmick that is only around for a single stage. Like uh, there's a couple of stages that are kind of a, of a piece with each other that are like extremely vertical where you're kind of going up this thing and then way back down it. Uh, and, you know, uh, it, it has a, uh, a stage with like lava pits, essentially. They're hot chili oil, mm. but uh, that, that is really heavily reliant on the braid to get across these big chasms by by sort of swinging your way across. So, you know, the game is not long, but it has a fair bit of variety. But I do agree that that um, that that highway stage is fun enough that I wish they had actually kind of, you know, built that out a little bit more and used it used it more than than the one time. Yeah. And, so, and I still had yeah. some issues with that stage. Like my, my overall issue with these kinds of platformers in general is that, you know, the action is so fast and my character feels so fragile that you know i'm, I'm mm-hmm. running along and then smack into an enemy and that's it you know and and yeah, it's especially yeah. frustrating here where one hit means you lose whatever power up you have that you might need to explore and then you the gotta level. get it back yeah you yeah. gotta get it back to yeah so no yeah yeah uh, so that, that kind yeah. of stuff annoys me but like it was mitigated somewhat in that second level be just because the entire stage is moving along with you uh-huh. that i thought yeah like, this is a really smart way of doing this but yeah yeah i I think with more time, I could get used to this. Like the the bizarre and bonkers story did really make me want to try and uh-huh. keep going with this one and, and, and try to get used to it and, and enjoy it. I, I think by the time I got to um, Melody's apartment level, it was starting to click for me a little bit more. I was yeah. having a slightly more good time with it. And okay. yeah, like I said, I, I think given more time, I could probably... Um, learn to like this one a lot more it's 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 definitely my kind of weird like for sure yeah i I definitely like that i mean we've we've played games where like the actual gameplay itself was more strange but this is maybe like the strangest character the strangest concept 
4A 2D platformer yeah. that I think we've seen in a while. Like, the hairstyle thing is so bizarre. Like, the spike you were talking about, you can also use it to impale yourself in ceilings and then flip yeah, over to yeah, get up to the higher level. Yeah, that's actually, like, a major mechanic. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's real weird. And uh, I think it does the, the you know, radical animal with attitude thing. Uh, in a more fun way than a lot of these games do just by making him an absolute little dirt bag. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I like that, but, um, I don't really have, I guess, much else to say about the game. Uh, so do you want to go over to the list and, and see if we can find a, a place for it? you thinking because i I think obviously you're you're probably thinking higher up on the list than i probably i'm probably thinking higher up on the list than you this to me feels like it is kind of comfortably of a piece with some of the other like surprisingly good platformers that we've looked at um which would be in kind of the uh the alien 3 bob first samurai sort of sort of range uh, which is in like the kind of upper thirties. Uh, and if not there, I would maybe put it, uh, if you're not feeling like that's where it, y- y- if you're not feeling like you can, you can sign off on it being that high. I also think it could fit in, in the kind of, uh, upper fifties range where we've got Joe and Mac, uh, Adam's fam Congo's caper and Adam's family. So, okay. so this is sort of, this is sort of where I'm thinking around here, you know? Okay. So, so, so I'll be honest, like I was kind of thinking like, I didn't know if like left to my own devices, I would have put it above plock at 64. But, okay. Interesting. So, so I think, um, that fifties range. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Would be a good okay. I'm very comfortable with that. I can see, I can see some some similarities here in in these, and I think I enjoyed it in maybe kind of a similar way to how I enjoyed uh, like Joe and Mac. Even though I do think this is actually like a better game, yeah, so, you know, I'd, I'd be okay uh, with putting this above Joe and Mac. Um, it's, okay. it's certainly like because uh, I remember Joe and Mac being a little bit janky. I, I don't it's a little janky. This is not a janky game, which yeah. is interesting. Like this is a very solid game with like nice, nice, uh, well animated art and good backgrounds and everything. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I would give it yeah. that i um I, I might even say like maybe put it above gradius gradius three so like maybe yeah maybe between congo's caper and gradius three because i don't know if i would put it above congo's caper personally yeah that's fair that that's fair i think i am very comfortable with that i think that's a good place for this okay all right so we'll make this our new 52 yeah there we go so uh good job rocky rodent uh you you can you can have uh all you can eat from the 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 upper mid tier <laughs> of of the list uh, uh you can so, you can um, have all you can eat at the tgi fridays not quite the red robin yet but not quite the red robin but tgi fridays uh you know applebee's kind of in there yeah uh you're, is tgi you're friday still around are they still I, they still know, exist i don't know i know that um a tgi fridays branded um range of frozen appetizers still exists at the grocery store. I have not personally seen a TGI Friday's restaurant in a while. So I don't know. It's a shame. Cause just the other day I was thinking, ah, it'd be really nice to go to a restaurant with a bunch of tacky crap on the wall. Yeah. Right. I kind of miss those, honestly. Yeah, me too. I, I, I kind of miss going into dumb chain restaurants in general, which I haven't really done since the pandemic. All right. So, that's Rocky Roden. Um, 
yeah, you know, it, it didn't make a great first impression on me, but it was weird enough that I really, really wanted to try and stick with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, maybe maybe uh-huh. I will. And I, I and I think uh, having played more of it and just being in general more, you know, kind of comfortable, uh, more of a fan of this kind of platform game than you. I think it's a pretty okay. good one of those. So. Uh, you know, I can speak to that. Uh, not quite Sonic, but, uh, definitely not Roadrunner's Death Valley Rally (laughs) or, uh, or, or Bubsy. It's not Bubsy Mm, up in here. So, yeah. This, this character, despite being a dirtbag, is infinitely more endearing than Bubsy. He's so much, I like him so much more than Bubsy. I just, Bubsy needs to go away. Bubsy, why does Bubsy get to come back over and over again, but Rocky Roden doesn't? That's what I want to know. That doesn't yeah. seem fair to me. Yeah, whoever whoever is still like the custodian of Bubsy, like maybe look into that Rocky Rodent IP instead, huh? Yeah, right, right. It's probably not very expensive. You can probably get it for a song. Yep. All right. Well, uh, with all that out of the way, I guess uh, what are we going to talk about next? We want to talk about um, bombs or Bajas? Let's talk about bombs because I think that'll be a shorter discussion, and okay. then we can kind of end with the Baja. Bomberman, which is uh, part in a, uh, a very long-running yeah. uh, series from Hudson Soft. Um, okay, I probably should have had a deep dive for the Bomberman series ready to go. I didn't. I don't. So that'll just have to wait for Super Bomberman 2, I guess. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bomberman, if you've been playing video games for a long time, you're probably aware of him. He's a little guy. He throws bombs on uh, grid type single screen levels. Uh, this, I think Bomberman is is primarily beloved as a multiplayer game, which we can't really speak to for this version of it. But uh, it's a solid single player version of Bomberman. And, um, you know, this uh, this is, uh, uh, I think, a, a version of Bomberman that doesn't have a lot of surprises, but is well done. So you you yeah. s- you start off uh, with a very sm- basically Bomberman. He uh, walks around a grid that is kind of blocked with uh, either uh, destructible or non-destructible blocks that are on the grid. There are enemies on the, the grid as well. Uh, you can put down bombs that after a few seconds will explode and send a line of explosion uh, kind of along the the paths that the bomb is laid on. So usually this is kind of ends up being like a T-shaped explosion where it's going in like four different directions at once. Your goal in the stages is to kill all of the enemies and uncover the exit. Uh, You can't use the exit until all the enemies are dead. And as you do that, you will get power ups. They'll make you faster. They'll maybe make you able to throw the bombs. They'll make the explosion go for longer. Uh, And um, yeah, that's that's the game. Pretty much you uh, you lose some of the power ups, but not the ones that relate to the actual bomb itself and how big the explosion is uh, when you die. But uh, basically, yeah, you just get cumulatively much, much stronger as the games go along. Uh, there's occasional boss fights. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. I don't know. A, a thing that's kind of important about Bomberman games is to know how many players you can use in multiplayer. To my understanding, kind of the 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 standard uh, the, the gold standard, rather, for Bomberman games in this time period is uh, ones that appeared on Hudson's sort of own first party platform, the Turbo Graphics 
PC Engine uh, system, uh, which had adapters that would let you put, let you use like, I think up to like six or eight people in, in, in a game, in a multiplayer match. Uh, and I obviously, I don't think that the Super Nintendo version is, is going to have that going on. One of these Bomberman games on the SNES, um, was compatible with the, the SNES four score peripheral or whatever the equivalent of that was for the Super Nintendo. Um, I'm trying to see if this is that, but I am. So actually, this game did support, it looks like, up to five players with the Super Nintendo multi-tap, according to the instruction manual for it. So pretty good. If you had that, uh, this could be a really fun party game. As a single player game, uh, I think it's fine. You know, if you like Bomberman, this is definitely going to give you exactly what you want. Yep, it it sure is Bomberman. Um, And yeah, I mean... I don't know, like, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, outside of playing it multiplayer, the most fun I've ever had playing Bomberman was when I had a version of Bomberman on a graphing calculator mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah, I could see that. Because it was just a silly little thing you could just play yeah. when you're bored, and that's kind of what Bomberman is, and, like, I don't know if more graphical upgrades or more things or more embellishments really do much to improve the overall experience like i mean i'm gonna say simple bomberman experience is what it is i'm gonna say not really because they still make bomberman games they're actually still one of the few games that konami releases because konami ended up with the hudson ips at some point uh and uh then modern modern bomberman games are are pretty similar to this one (laughs) so so you know with the exception of that uh bomberman zero where they decided to make him oh yeah well we don't talk about that one uh yeah, Bomberman X Zero, folks. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Uh, it's a, a dark day, dark day for this this franchise. Yep. Yeah. They they saw people making fun of new gritty things and grittifying other franchises, and they're like, and "Well, let, we'll just do that unironically." Yeah. They didn't get the memo that it was all a joke. God, that's just a bad game, too. Remember when we played that? <laughs> like, I was expecting it to be like a pretty normal Bomberman game, like in terms of gameplay, but it felt horrible to actually, actually play. So. We need to put this on the list somewhere. Uh, um, yeah, we do. Um, I don't so, have yeah, a lot so like of it, feelings about Bomberman, so... I mean, it's one of those classic arcade type games that, that what got a remake on the Super Nintendo, which almost makes me feel like it's in good company with something like Super Buster Brothers. But I like Super that Buster game Brothers more is, than this one, though, is the thing. You, like you like Super Buster Brothers more than yeah, this one? I liked Super Buster okay. Brothers, and I feel like, but I, I mean, you're you're right. It is a very similar sort of thing. So it, it's a good place to it start. It's a good place say. to start. Yeah. What about something like uh, I don't know another overhead view game like Super Smash TV, mm-hmm. which you know also has you know some kind of classic arcade roots. True, is, true. Is is also best played multiplayer? Yeah. Would you uh, say this goes below Super Smash TV or do you think like this is a good floor for this one? I think Super Smash TV might be a good floor for this one, if I'm honest. Okay. I think I like I think that Bomberman is more comfortable and is is a more um, uh, effective transition to the Super Nintendo than Smash TV was. Uh, and I also think that kind of importantly, uh, it's a more fun game, single player than Super Smash TV is. So, so, okay. um, 
So yeah, I think we can go up at least a little bit from there. Um, yeah, I might even put it above something like Rampart. It's yeah, I think that's maybe fair. I think I'd probably go back to this before Rampart. But I don't know. We might be kind of zeroing in on it because I'm looking at the stuff that we've got going on here. I think I maybe would 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 probably still give the edge to. Well, I don't know, because they're, they're really different games. But I, I do think that I kind of like the ambition behind Evo Search for Eden more than this Bomberman game. Yeah, Evo is right above Rampart at 62. And yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I actually think that maybe it goes right above Rampart. I'm not sure I would put it okay. above Evo. All right. Uh, that seems good to me. Uh, so let's make that one. Uh, Super Bomberman, our new number 63 game. All right. Well, congratulations, Super Bomberman. Yeah. Top 100 games so far. Good job. All right, so we got one more game to talk about today. Yeah, um, and I think this is one that took both of us kind of by surprise. Uh, we got yeah, we got Super Off Road, the Baja. If you were expecting anything like the first Super Off Road, uh, well, you thought like an idiot because it's nothing like that nothing (laughs) like it it's a completely different game i'm surprised they even bothered putting the super off-road branding on this yeah yeah frankly um because yeah i think that that might have caused me if i wasn't doing this show where we're playing literally all of them i probably would have passed that by uh, you know, just because it's like oh, super off road. I, I don't know that I need another one of those. But yeah, uh, a radically different game and one that I ended up thinking was really fun. So, yeah, when I first started it up, I wasn't expecting much. It's like, OK, another racing game, another one that uses mode seven, which I guess we haven't talked a lot about mode seven in a while. So that's kind of exciting. But yeah, as I started playing this one, I was like, you know. This is all right. Um, I think this has a kind of novel concept, actually, um, which is that you are you are essentially running um, and there's a few different shorter races. But the main mode of this game is that you are running uh, the the Baja. I guess it's called the Baja 1000. Yes. Is that yeah, right? I think so. Um, and it is a, a huge multi leg race across the entire uh, Baja California region of Mexico. You know, it starts out with some easier courses that uh, take place during the day. As the the game goes on, you get to courses taking place in twilight and finally ending with ones at night. So it's it's sort of tracking in time how long it it takes to to run this thing. And um, the stages change in geography, uh, eventually becoming much harder on your car. And you have to keep paying for uh, upgrades and essentially repairs over the course of of the thing to to stick it out. So it's kind of almost like an endurance test as well. And uh, it's just a cool, really interesting way to uh, to to do one of these games. And I think I think it it, it leads to it being a pretty compelling th- experience. Um, you also uh, <laughs> uh, you you also uh, can be docked uh, money that you you will need to to repair and upgrade your car uh you will be docked money for the many many uh uh hit and run deaths you will cause over the course of of this game 
game. Yeah, maybe maybe they shouldn't have been doing that. Maybe stay off the road while there's a big race with very large cars uh, also happening on that same track. Maybe I don't know, but also you gotta you gotta watch out for people and their cows. You don't want to run over those. Those are actually. Those actually dock you more money than the the guys on the little ATVs. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I would just stay out of there. Honestly, I would just stay away from all of this if I was not in one of these uh, these off road supercars. Yeah, I, th- I think if I'm ever planning uh, a trip to the Baja, I will just make sure that that race is not currently happening. Yeah, and, don't don't be kissing yeah. your 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 partner uh, in the middle of nowhere right next to an <laughs> off-road track because you will die. And frankly, I, I can say from the experience of this game, getting docked the $10,000 that happens when you do just run somebody down uh, in the middle not of much nowhere, of a deterrent. not much of a deterrent. It's just going to keep <laughs> happening. So um, I mean, given the amount of money that you get for, you know, placing in the top three of any of these legs, like, yeah, yeah. it's really not much. Yeah, of a factor. it's not enough really uh it's really not enough to 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 deter you at first i was like oh no i ran over like two people that race i'm probably screwed now and then I, it's like, no, I really no, did I the still, math like I, no wait i made I'm still 90, getting ninety thousand dollars for for coming in <laughs> like second in this race so i'm good actually so yeah i was like oh i, I actually need to be less careful so that i can get higher you know a higher place right yeah in this in oh, this leg, yeah. Sorry, before we go any further, do you have any info about who made this one? Because uh, I'm kind of curious about the fact that it is so different from uh, from from Super Off Road, which, if you don't remember, was like a single screen, top down, um, you know, uh, racing game. So yeah, um, this one was developed by Leland Interactive Media and published by Trade West. Um, yeah, that is the same pair that did the first one. So Fascinating. I, so they just went really in a different direction with the sequel then. Yeah, and I mean, this game only came out for the Super Nintendo, so I think they just decided that they wanted to do a super off-road that really leaned into... It took advantage of the yeah. Super Nintendo's... Uh, yeah. Which I will say, like, uh, this is a good racing game. They did a good one of those, but I don't know if I like this more than the original Super Off-Road, though. I mean, we really like the original Super Off-Road, yeah. and I think this one... You know, the behind the back of you changes it completely, obviously. And the kind of tension here, the kind of tension is that uh, you are trying to make sure that you don't get so damaged by, uh, you know, hitting things, people and also more importantly, uh, inanimate objects that can really mess up your car uh, so that that you you don't finish the race. So, um, you know, it's a very different sort of thing. I do think that over the course of the game, some of it does feel a little samey, even with the difference in terrain and the the different, you know, uh, light levels and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I think that that you just get a very different experience out of it than you do out of out of the original Super Off-Road. But uh, at the same time, I'm very happy to see them make a very different game than just make essentially more courses for Super Off-Road. Like, you know, I, I'm looking at the list right now, trying to figure out where this goes. I'm like, okay, we've got a lot of racing games in like the top 40. 
I'm not seeing a whole lot until we get pretty low on the list, I don't think. I, I, I think it really has no. been feast or famine with these racing games. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely has, for sure. Um, yeah, so it, it's interesting. I do think this is kind of... Because, yeah, I guess we're kind of done talking about the game because there's not really that much to it. Yeah, there's it. not a whole lot. Um, yeah. I do want to say I like that this has music. A lot of the racing games we've played, unless they're very cartoony, very you know, abstract racing games just forego music completely for like engine sounds. And even though the music here isn't like that interesting or distinctive, I'm very happy to see it here to hear it here. Uh, so that's a cool thing. Uh, like we've said, I think it looks nice and, you know, I enjoy the way it plays, uh, especially since there's kind of a, not that many of this type of racing game, especially in like sort of the, the off the track, sort of down and dirty racing that this one does. So um, I don't think I'd put this as high as Top Gear, which is maybe the closest actual comparison in terms of what kind of game this is. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is as good as that. But yeah, you're right. There's not a whole lot in in the middle ranks for racing games, is there? Yeah, well, we got like Super Off-Road at number 30, which, again, I'm not sure I would actually rank this as high as that one. Um, I don't think I would either, honestly. Yes, yeah, so this one um, might go down a little bit more. I'm trying to see. Do we have another yeah. racing game? Um, we we kind of don't have another racing game that I'm seeing. No, it's, like you said, really feast or famine with these. Yeah, so, uh, it's wild. Um, I, I think this may be more of a floor than anything else. But what do you think about this in comparison to a game like uh, like Mech Warrior, which is at 77? Because I think there's a little bit of la- overlap here. You're piloting a big machine. You're you're taking care of it and upgrading it as it goes along. Um, it's kind of trying to uh, to give you a 3D perspective. So there's some there's some overlap, even though it's not the same kind of game at all. Yeah. I, I, I think I would put this considerably higher than that one. Um, okay. So, so yeah. I'm trying um, to, which one was mech warrior again? That was the one where you're like in the cockpit of a big mech and it's like, you're going around 3d sort of battle arenas and fighting other guys. There's like kind of almost like a wing commandery, like layer on top of it where you're like talking to other other pilots and stuff. Right. Oh my uh, goodness. I almost completely forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, Huh. Okay. All right. In in fairness, I only remember it really well because I played it when I was a kid. So I have kid memories of it Uh, that are really strong. I don't really have strong memories of it from our playing of it here. So yeah. yeah. Um, What if we were going to compare this to like some of the sports games that we've got in the, might be a good idea here. Like we got house hole in one NCAA basketball, Tecmo super NBA basketball and NHL 94 kind of in a, in a clump 41 to 44. Yeah. Um, I can get behind that. That might be an okay place to start, start sort of comparing this. Yeah. Like, do do you think you would just like put it above this whole group or below this whole group? Or do you think it goes somewhere in there? I think it might go. Well, cause this is a thing. I think this is a good comparison space, but I don't know that I actually think this is better than any of those. I think this might go right behind NHL 94 if we're going to do that. Yeah, maybe put it above East 3. Yeah, that seems right. That seems like a fair thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm all right with that. 
Yeah, it's Rocky Rodent here. I'm ranking the games now. <laughs> is that is that what Rocky Rodent sounds like? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Maybe that's what Rocky Rodent sounds like. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think that might be a little high for Rocky Rodent. I think maybe he's got a little bit of a, a more gravelly. It's like, <sighs> I'm going to I'm going to get that girl back and then I'm going to eat all the blintzes I can. <laughs> Oh, you're going to need so many mozzarella sticks, Pally. <laughs> he says Pally for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I'm going to marry your daughter. You're never going to escape me. That's actually the ending of Rocky Road. And I didn't mention that before. But but Melody uh, ends the game being like, ooh, Rocky's kind of cute. And she gives him a little kiss. And her dad's like, oh, no. So, uh, you know. Yeah, wow. So got this game has more in common with Sonic like th- than we even thought, you know, we're, we're giving Sonic crap for having an actual lady kiss him, but yeah. Rocky Rodent was he was way ahead of that game, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but Sonic was actually supposed to have a human girlfriend in the original Sonic, and they cut her out of the game. Uh, her name was Madonna. That was the name of the character that got cut from original Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, it was his girlfriend, Madonna. Yeah. I know this is the internet, but you can't just say things like that as if they were true. <laughs> you can't just. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, obviously a lie. I just came up with off the top of my head and not a really upsettingly real bit of a Sonic production <laughs> lore. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, this is going off the rails. Ah, uh, that's 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 yeah, the Rocky should, Rodent experience. We should uh, probably call anyway, it now before this goes any further. Um, yeah, but, con- congratulations, Super Off Road the Baja New Forty Five. Yeah, um, <laughs> good job. Uh, oh, I'm gonna have to make my poor wife draw this thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. She is going to have to. That's going to have to be the art for this one. And I am, I am very sorry for her that we've we've put yeah. this evil on her, but. Yes, yeah. Uh, she, she, she might she might come back and ask, "Are you sure there isn't a character in uh, Super Off Road the Baja I could draw?" Instead? No, there's just a, a very upsettingly intense race car driver that you see yeah. <laughs> that 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 you see on the title screen and between. between he he looks like so. he looks like powdered toast man made a wish to become a real boy. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, All right, folks. Yeah, I think we're going to call it there. Um, Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please, um, if you feel like it, uh, go ahead and follow on Instagram and or Twitter at Snescapades. Um, We're available on almost all the podcasting platforms and... Yeah, I don't know what else to tell you, folks. Uh, uh, well, uh, hope you liked this one. We hope you did too. This one got a little, little weird, but uh, I, I'm, I like that. I think we, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy it when things go a little off the rails for us, and I think that, I mm-hmm. think it definitely happened this time. So we hope you liked it too. Yes. Um, Steam like what, what do we have for the people next time? Um, well, folks, next time we've got, um, we've got more Rocky Rodent. We're just going to keep talking about Rocky Rodent. This is now a Rocky Rodent podcast. That's right. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it isn't. Unfortunately, because I just looked at what we've got. We've got, oh boy, we've got, uh, (sighs) Super Widget. That, that's going to be, that's probably going to be bad. Uh, The Seventh Saga. Okay. Which that one... That one will probably be better. And then uh, one I'm genuinely curious about, Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. Uh, we haven't really seen any, like, software for very young kids yet. Yeah, so it'll be, be interesting. interesting to see mm-hmm. 
how they handle that on the Super Nintendo. I genuinely don't know. Yeah, that will be interesting. So uh, join us next time for what does sound like it will probably be a, a considerably more wholesome episode of the show. Uh, and uh, yeah, and until then, I'm Emmy Zero. I'm Steampunk Link. Play it loud. Our intro-outro song is How Now Brown Cow by Technoaxe, who very generously offers a ton of great music for free and royalty-free at technoaxe.com. That's T-E-K-N-O-A-X-E dot com. Hey, new father-in-law, another blooming onion over here. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not even a thing on your restaurant's menu, but uh, what, you're going to say no to your beloved son-in-law? <laughs>